Hello and welcome back green team. We have been sharing with you our presenters for our virtual summit running on lovethegreenlife.org slash summit June 7th through the 11th. We are excited to be bringing you our second annual summit. We have an amazing, great lineup this year, and we're excited to bring the latest insights into green living for free right in the comfort of your home. We have five days of nature loving, wellness, and earth conscious experts and celebrities ready to share with you, our green team. Discover what these experts want you to know about how you can optimize your health, homesteading, fitness, meal planning, cooking, and more with simple, wholesome, and real strategies. The content you've come to expect from the Love the Green Life organization. Today, we are honored to have Marissa Miller-Wolfson on our podcast with us today. She is the writer and director of the award-winning documentary, Vegucated, and co-author of The Vegucated Family Table, Irresistible Vegan Recipes and Proven Tips for Feeding Plant-Powered Babies, Toddlers, and Kids. She lives in New York City with her husband, two kids, and two rescued goldfish. We can't wait to learn so much from her about navigating this lifestyle as a family. You can check her out at Vegucated.com, at Vegucated on Instagram and Twitter, and Get Vegucated on Facebook. Hi, I'm Jess Taylor. And I'm Natalie Ringeis. And we love the green life. Welcome to our podcast. We are both teachers, mamas, nature lovers, and passionate about changing the world we live in and helping to save the planet by inspiring others. Join us as we discuss practical ways to live a more sustainable, healthy, and green life for you, your family, and even your fur babies. Love the Green Life is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that promotes cruelty-free, chemical-free, and compassionate living. You can learn more about us and what we do at lovethegreenlife.org and on Facebook and Instagram at lovethegreenlife.org. Hello, Marissa. We are so excited to have you on with us today to chat with you. We are in Akron, Ohio. Oh, nice. Midwest in the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found out from this factoryfarmingmap.com that my mom's house, like my childhood home, within like an hour's drive, there are like 84 factory farms. Wow. Yeah. Of, you know, in Indiana, just within an hour. I was like, whoa. You know, because when you're little, you don't know what those big, long sheds are, right? You're just yeah. like, oh, thing farmy, but you don't know that it's pigs in there or like mm -hmm. chicken. Yeah. When I was really little, we grew up across the street from an egg farm. And so oh. I actually saw the chickens and everything there. And I was very little the first time my mom gave me chicken. It was the first time I questioned it. And I kept asking her what it was. And she kept saying chicken. And I was like, well, what, what does that mean? And she's like chicken. And I was like, like, the animals because I'd seen them and she's like yes and I was like oh I'm not eating that <laughs> amazing yeah what an amazing story I'm so impressed by those you know kids who just come to it intuitively or organically yeah and she supported you in that my mom was a bodybuilder when I was growing up she was a firefighter she was oh my god super into health she worked out like two hours a day I'd go to the gym with her she was very into health stuff. So she never really pushed me. I wasn't a vegetarian then. It was my first year of college that I kind of okay. really found out what that even really was. I ate very little meat growing up. I hated it. Always cried about it. I was the kid that no one wanted to have to feed at birthday parties because I hated all the typical, 
<laughs> kid food. It's hard. But my first year of college, I was like, oh, like I found out, you know, what being a vegetarian was. I was like, I'm going to be a vegetarian. Yeah, that's that was, awesome. That was in 2003. And it was very challenging then because still not mainstream. No one else I knew was nope. doing it. Yep. It was definitely a long road. And now I'm super blessed to be able to share this with people yeah, and help people. That. And yes. it's, it's amazing. That's fantastic. Coming up on my 20th anniversary of being vegan. Yeah. Back when, you know, in the early 2000s, yes. there, there was no, there was like nothing. I mean, yeah, hardly anything. Yeah. I mean, I remember saying like, well, I could never be a vegan because it was so hard. Like yeah. it was hard being a vegetarian. Like I yeah. remember going and being like, can I get this pasta without the chicken on? They're like, uh, it's good. You're going to be charged the same price. So you might as well just yeah. have the chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. like, no, like I don't want the chicken, you know, or they're like, can you just yeah. pick it off? It was just so different. Yeah. So now you have also like, you know, non-dairy creamer choices and milk choices, but then there is still a charge up, which is like, you know, yeah, that's really frustrating. Well, Jess just celebrated her veganiversary on Saturday. We went to Cleveland to a really cool cafe. So it's called the Cleveland Vegan, where everything on the entire menu, it's all vegan. Like everything's dairy free. It's incredible. My husband and I went and we had a blast. It was so much fun. <laughs> it was really a good time. And so I think that's kind of a good way to celebrate, you know, how far vegetarian mm -hmm. options and even just like dietary options yeah. more available. Mm -hmm. You know, I really like how so many things now are, you know, soy free, they're corn free. Yeah. Like so many families and kids are experiencing food intolerances at soy a young free. age or people are recognizing it more. Like it's becoming more of a conversation. So um, it was a really fun way to celebrate and also just kind of like enjoy that moment looking back on how far you've come. Yeah. Yeah. I would have never dreamed of being able to go <laughs> to a place like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm excited. Um, when I go home this summer, the city's first vegan restaurant is doing pretty well. It's called Flourish and it's run by a vegan mom. And I mean, she's a powerhouse. She's amazing. I don't know how she does it. But, you know, my friends who aren't vegan, who are in town, you know, who still live there, post like these gorgeous pictures of this beautiful food. And it looks so, and it's just such a milestone, you know, like in my little hometown, there's a vegan, you know, vegan scene, like what, you know, mm -hmm. it's cool. It's exciting. It's, it's really cool. All right. So if you listened to our documentary podcast, which was posted a couple of weeks ago, we talked about um, Vegucated being a, a pivotal documentary for both of us mm -hmm. when it comes to navigating just the food aisles and the food experience and trying to eat more plant-based and whole food-based and things. Our first question for you, Marissa, today is how do you think the vegan experience would be different if your participants who had never been vegan before, they actually tried going vegan for, was it a month? Six weeks. Six weeks. Six okay. Seven. Thank you. For six weeks, they had never been vegan before they tried it. And they, the documentary is basically following these four individuals through that journey. And for some of them, it was, it was very challenging or they had, you know, really stressful moments. We want to know how would that experience be different if you shot it today in 2021? Cause that documentary was was in it was shot what in 2010 2011 came out in 2010 or 11 it was shot in 2005 oh, oh I know that. yeah 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 it's yeah so that was you know a oh yeah that's even that's like <laughs> a significant amount of time ago yeah. so how has the vegan world 
changed and how do you think it would have changed the experiences of your participants? That's such a great question. Um, I think about that sometimes. I think the first thing is, you know, we do, we have these man on the street interviews and it's like, do you know what a vegan is? They're like, no. And this, you know, it's like basically the veganism is now in the ether. People either have heard about it. You know, there's one guy who was like, oh, would you do it for $1,000? Would you do it for $10,000? And he said, no, you know, I think now people aren't as daunted just to try something like that. So I think there's more cultural awareness. I think people, Brian and Tesla and Ellen would have tried these vegan foods before, you know, they, the products also have evolved so much. I mean, just the cheese alone. We didn't even have Daya in 2005, mm-hmm. right? That cheese. I mean, there was some little cream cheese and little mayo and you know, that worked like any of the like really superior products. Like there was no Beyond Burger. There was no Impossible Burger. And Brian is such a, you know, such a meaty guy. He loves all his vegan meats. Now he's, he's vegan now, again, he had sort of fallen off the wagon and just been vegetarian, but now he's like married to a vegan woman and they're raising two vegan kids. He's in California, but yeah, he's a real, you know, kind of meat and potatoes guy. And he would have tried that for sure. I'm sure, you know, so many people who eat the Beyond Burger now, or who go to restaurants that are vegan, just because there are more of them and there are more great products, or even if it's not a vegan restaurant they always like almost always in new york city anyway have something vegan on the menu so i think logistically you know even our even like our road trip when we went to vegetarian Summerfest, i think we stopped at some deli and just looked around and there was like a subway sandwich shop and like well we could get you know just the bun with veggies but now you could go to burger king i mean not calling it health food but if you were just and i've done that with my kids like we were traveling there's nowhere to go And we're like, oh, you know, we'll just go to Burger King. I think we did it once where, you know, we actually went through the drive-through and I was like, I feel so American right now. Cause you're getting food at the drive-through. We don't have drive-throughs, you know, and the kids are like, what is this thing? So that was fun. That was fun. So we have, yeah, we, I think, I think it would have been very different. It wouldn't have been, I don't think it would have been such an eye opener in terms of the food options. I don't think it would be that much of an eye opener in terms of factory farming, because back then there wasn't, not everyone was on Facebook. I think I joined Facebook in 2008 or something. I don't think Facebook was really a thing. And it wasn't. Instagram, no, no Instagram. I got on it as a college yeah, student. It Like you could only get on if you had a college. Yeah. That's for what university I did. Yep. email. Oh, okay. And, yeah, and that was in 2006. And I had to use my college email to even log on. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, you know, now people, they've all seen some factory footage here or there because of that. Even if you follow something as benign as the dodo, you know, for cat and dog videos, you're going to see something with like, you know, they have a lot, they have a lot, you know, so I think uh, it wouldn't have been probably as exciting of a documentary in the sense that they're not just coming into an unknown situation. I think there would have been, you know, more, but I think they also wouldn't have had to struggle, which makes for nice dramatic tension for a film, um, but makes it harder to go vegan. But I think the process would have been a lot easier if they had done it now, but probably not as good of a film. <laughs> we still think it was great. I think it would have been if you were to shoot it today. I think it would be a lot easier to film those things like them going to a restaurant and looking at the menus and seeing those. I think that's the only thing that's like different. Yeah. That you would have more of those options. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there I think their process would be easier, but I think there wouldn't be as much dramatic tension. Yeah. Um, but I think where you could get a hell of a lot of dramatic tension 
is if you made a documentary about raising vegan kids, which I am, you know, toying with that idea. But right now I'm in the thick of it with these kids during COVID that I can't even think about like, yeah, you know, doing it, taking on a major project like that. But um, I mean, that is where so much tension is because, you know, being a 20 something navigating the world as a vegan. Okay. There are definitely challenges raising vegan kids. You've got, like we said, we've got school, we've got playdates, we've got social situations, we've got, you know, concerned grandparents and family who want to, you know, stick their nose in things. Uh, I think that would make a, a heck of a good film. Oh, yeah, I would love that. Because I feel like that's, you know, where I am. I'm very lucky that my my mom is also a vegan. My mother-in-law is not, but she cooks for us. But your mom is too. That's phenomenal. Yeah. You know, we're very lucky in that manner. That support, we found an amazing pediatrician who is like all for it. I mean, she's through the Cleveland Clinic, so it's not even like a perfect a holistic doctor or anything like that. Wow. She's, she's awesome. Like she even said, you know, he was like just eating or whatever. And I'm like, well, he likes quinoa. He likes this, you know, and all that. And she's like, you know, he's off the growth charts. He's great. You know, she's like, I can't say anything, you know, about it. We're really lucky with that, but not everyone is. Not everyone is. We're very lucky too. We have an awesome pediatrician here as well. She was not, she's knowledgeable, but not quite as knowledgeable as me just because I had to do all this research and stuff. So when I gave her a copy of the book, she read the health chapter. She's like, this is really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I feel like so often we are educating our doctors about this, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I think for like sort of regular doctors, a lot of them are on board, but a lot of, I know a lot of friends who are struggling with pediatricians or even just OBs who are supportive. Well, you kind of like walked into our next question. I was wondering about your experience being a vegan mother. So maybe we can go into that just a little bit deeper and what inspired you to publish your latest book, which is called the Vegetated Family Table, Irresistible Vegan Recipes and Proven Tips for Feeding Plant-Powered Babies, Toddlers, and Kids. Thank you. Awesome. Yes. My husband husband is almost totally vegan. He calls himself vegan-ish, although during COVID he's been vegan and actually his blood pressure has gone way down. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, so he was on board. He was a little skeptical about raising vegan kids just because there isn't a whole lot of science about it, but the little science that there is shows that it can be done. I mean, obviously they're not a different species. They are (laughs) (laughs) You know, there are species, but they have certain requirements for nutrients. And um, so I looked into it and I looked at blogs and all this stuff, but there wasn't, there wasn't like a resource that a new mom could just get and find like the bones, like the basic bones of info. And so I was just talking to friends a lot and just texting Facebook and what are you doing for this? Are you doing supplements? What are you taking? What's what works? What's delicious? Blah, blah, blah. And just kind of doing it through my network of friends. And I I found it to be actually in some ways easier, in some ways harder than I thought I I thought that my kids would just love steamed kale and, um, you know, just want to pet farm animals all day. And they don't really care that much about farm animals. I mean, not that they want to hurt them, but they're, they're not like me. (laughs) They like Minecraft and they like animals, but they're not like obsessively like a vegan animal rights activist, but they also don't like steamed kale. You know, I have to put nooch on it and I have to kind of doctor it up and, or, you know, bake it in a chip or put it in a a really delicious, you know, green juice or something like that. 
So it, it's been harder in terms of the picky eating than I imagined, but I've just had to get really, really creative and just ways to make it super delicious. I know they're saying you shouldn't be sneaky with the food. You should tell the kids that there's, you know, they should get used to the things. Well, what if they don't even try them? You know, they don't even want to try. So sometimes they try them, sometimes they don't, but just for extra insurance, I sneak it in there. So that has been harder. The picky eating has been harder, but socially I find it um, way less troublesome than I imagined imagined. I just sort of imagined like sort of tantrums, holidays and birthday parties and things like that. And it just hasn't happened yet. I mean, maybe it's to come, but my son is eight, my daughter's five and a half and that half is very important to her. And um, <laughs> she, uh, yeah, so far, so good. So far, so good. And, and it's been great, you know, connecting with other vegan moms, you know, or, or other vegan conscious moms like you two, just to connect and share ideas and also ha have a sense of community in this kind of like health and wellness, you know, mom space. Yeah, my son is three and a half. He'll be four in July. We just started preschool. Luckily, it's a friend of ours we taught together. And so it's another teacher who taught with us, opened her own preschool. So she awesome. is very diligent about stuff. You know, if there's going to be any kind of food item that day, she lets me know in advance and I can provide him. Yeah. The other plus is that there's several other kids in his class that have allergies. So their parents have to provide things for them. So, you know, that makes me feel a little bit better. Mm -hmm. that he's not the only one eating something different. Right. It's hard to explain that to a three-year-old. He's yeah. starting to understand, like if you ask him if he's vegan, he'll say, or he'll, he's starting to ask things. Is this vegan? Or yeah. is this free? He does speech therapy and they work on the word cereal. And she asked what kind of cereal he eats. And he goes, well, dairy free. And I said, well, that's <laughs> the milk. <laughs> and like, yeah, my, I remember my, yeah. you know, my kids, there was a point when they didn't, when they were like three, they didn't really understand. And they'd be out of the house somewhere and, someone will offer them water and they'd be like, is that vegan? And they're like, yes, it's water. You know, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're actually definitely more vigilant than, than I am around stuff like that. They look at bread and be like, is it vegan? I'm like, ah, it's vegan enough. Like sometimes there's like a little bit of, you know, maybe a little bit of whey or something in some sandwich bread. No, it's so rare, but like, I, I don't even police that. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if we're somewhere and they offer them a PG, PBG, I'm like, whatever, it's fine. But they're like, is it vegan? And I'm like, guys, like chill out, you know? It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, the other thing I thought of too is because now there's so many dairy-free options, he mm -hmm. doesn't miss out on anything. You know, he's had ice cream, he's had everything because we have the dairy-free versions, but we're so used to, like, this was something I said to my husband, we're so used to just calling it cheese, butter, milk, ice cream yeah. that I was like, he needs to understand that what we eat though is not regular right. cheese. So if he's somewhere and someone's like, do you want a piece of cheese? He's not like, yeah, you know, or whatever. So that's when we started kind of talking with him, like, well, this yeah. is you know, plant cheese. And so then now everything is, is that dairy free? You know, yes. <laughs> but Funny. They'll get the hang of, yeah, they'll get the hang of it. And it was cute. We went to a picnic for the kindergarten on Saturday with my daughter and there was this big spread and there I was like, oh God, because I didn't think like, oh, it wasn't, a, it wasn't even a picnic. It was like a park play, like come to the park and have a play date. I just brought our own little, you know, whatever everyday snacks. And there was this big old spread. There was bagels and cream cheese and donuts and, you know, some fruit, which is fine. And then they had croissant and I was like, and the kids were like, like, whoa, is this vegan to the mom? And I said, oh, honey, I'm so sorry, guys. I, this isn't vegan. And the mom goes, no, her son goes, no, it's vegan. 
I was like, it is. And the mom had gone to Whole Foods and gotten like vegan croissants, which oh, I hadn't even bought. I haven't even bought vegan croissants from Whole Foods. Yeah, I know. I was like, I didn't know they had those. They <laughs> did. My, did you see my face? I went, oh. <laughs> I know. And uh, and the don't, and they had these chocolate donuts. I mean, not health food, but um, no. they had, you know, vegan, they had one non-vegan cream cheese and they had a vegan cream cheese. And I was just like, I think I was like almost in tears with the mom. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. It, man, does that make a difference? But you know, just having that, having those relationships with the other parents too, where they know and they know what to expect, like you said, and just having conversations with the teachers um, well in advance. Even when before my kids actually enter the classroom in a new grade, I email the teachers, you know, and I'm like, hey, just so you know, my kid is vegan. If you like ideas for snacks, you know, if you need extra recipes, let me know. So yeah, that part's that part's you know, it's easier. And the more, yeah, the more you're kind of out and proud about it, you and your kids the easier actually it is mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's something I did too I let the teacher know in advance and I actually let her know too about animal byproducts like marshmallows for example because those are something that they might give them to count with and then they can eat or whatever and I'm like you know I actually had that conversation with my son last night because he was watching a little cartoon and they were roasting marshmallows and he said well when can we do that and I said you do know though we have to get vegan marshmallows oh, marshmallows yeah. are not vegan he's like oh okay well can we do that this summer you know because he's never had them before Okay. just making them aware of that or even fruit snacks some fruit snacks have gelatin yep gelatin that's so correct. that's the stuff that I think I'm more I was more worried about because it, it was very easy for him to not have you know meat or cheese or whatever sure. it's those other sure. things that they think you know even like starbursts have gelatin in them so it's those things that they wouldn't think about Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So. And we've had some little slip ups, you know, where like there's a little goodie bag at a party and the kids will nibble on it and that, you just got to let it go. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, you just got to let it go. Just, you know, don't sweat the small stuff like that. And, the, you know, in different parents do it differently. Some parents relax the rules around certain occasions. Some people don't. So, you know, it really depends on your family. Some kids appreciate the sort of my son is very into rules and regulations. Like he wants to know what, what the boundaries are and what yep. the rules are and stuff and my daughter is she's a healthy disrespect for authority doesn't really care about rules you know kids are different but um I think it depends on the family you know yeah. how you navigate that my son is very rule following <laughs> he's, yeah. he's very very type a so yes I, I couldn't even imagine the amount of questions if I was like it's okay it would just yeah oh yeah he would ask you he'd be he would want a full dissertation yeah, he, yeah. at the age of three at the age of three like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like full dissertation where I'm the type of parent where like I will do my best but yeah. I can't control you know Mimi what you get at Mimi's is what you get at Mimi's and then we'll deal with the repercussions <laughs> like <laughs> right 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 you know what it's Mimi and she loves you and you know what okay yeah enjoy your time yeah exactly <laughs> mommy and daddy need a date <laughs> like <laughs> And just do what you do, but you know that it's me. And I, I'm really glad that you said that every family is different mm -hmm. and they tackle it. But I think what's great is that here at Love the Green Life, we really want to have a supportive community for not yeah. just like vegans and vegetarians, but for families that are trying to navigate the food environment that mm -hmm. we are faced with right now yeah. um, with the push of convenience foods and now mm -hmm. delivery and all of these things. And especially I, I get really 
fired up sometimes. I'm not going to jump on my soapbox, but I'm going to tell you about it. (laughs) But just about the federal and state food programs for children and cafeteria food. And when families get assistance like SNAP and, and the limitations that are put in front of it, if you have a child with just even a a corn allergy, how challenging that is if you're getting assistance to meet your child's dietary needs and how as mothers and as a community, we need to support those families as they're trying to help their kids thrive and grow. And community is very important. So you can find out, you know, the names of those pediatricians, the names of those preschool teachers Mm -hmm. that, because that's the conversation I have is like, you know, when I send my son to preschool and she's giving them, um, you know, jelly beans as a reward. And that's just something as our family culture that we don't want to reward with junk. Yeah. We don't want to reward with that. And so, and I can't tell my, you know, four-year-old he's different than your son. You know, your (laughs) son can like have a full conversation. Like, no, that's not dairy free. That hurts the mook house, you know, where (laughs) my son, he'll he'll just be like, okay, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) That's yeah. Yeah, exactly. Also, you know, the snacks in school, I'm just, I'm like, can we please not give them empty starches? You know, yes. And and sh- that, oh. yeah, they, they're pretty good with sugar, but they're just cause well, except for like parties and stuff they try. So they give them instead of like, well, sometimes there's cake, but usually they give them like a fruit pop. And it's like one of those like actual fruity pops, mm-hmm. yeah, which is fine. You know, I'm like, great. That's a perfect treat every day for snack. You know, I'll ask him, so what'd you have for snack today? She's like chips, pretzels. And, and the teacher's like, yeah, well, we, you know, we offer them grapes and bananas, but if you give my, if you offer my daughter a banana and a chip, What's she going to take, you know, especially because we don't have chips at home, you know, but we don't have chips at home. So then she gets to school and then, but then I also have sympathy for the teachers because they're navigating this environment where there's some kids who just won't touch this. So they won't touch that. And so that sort of common denominator is, you know, corn chips and pretzels. And I'm like, okay, well, you just got to let it go. You know, I'm just, I just got to let it go. That is where she has those kind of snacks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's amazing that that you've recognized that need for families and communities. And I love that you kind of made a bit of a guidebook, a veggie family Bible. (laughs) I mean, that's so amazing. And I think that's going to be so helpful Mm -hmm. for moms and families. I know that's something, you know, even though we're not a vegan family or a vegetarian family, we still try to be as whole food and plant-based and sugar-free, like as much as we can, like Mm -hmm. and organic and things like that. So I think just having those kind of cookbooks and having those guides would have helped me so tremendously when my kids were very, very young. And I was trying to prepare them, you know, as they're learning about mealtimes and things. Mm-hmm. And before I ask you about why you chose to kind of jump in the two, our space for Love the Green Life, I just want to pop in and tell our green team that if you are struggling with having an enjoyable mealtime at home, we do have a podcast called Making Mealtimes More Enjoyable with your family. We talk about ways to get your kids to eat that kale yeah, <laughs> um, sure. or to open that conversation conversation or to approach those new foods, because as we all know, our young babies and toddlers and kids, having them try new foods, you know, is, is challenging, but can make you really feel like all kids are picky, but really it's a completely new experience for them. So if you struggle with that, we'd give a ton of tips on how to make meals more enjoyable for you. you. I want to listen to that. I mean, I've (laughs) read so many books about picky eating and there are some like through lines through it, you know, that you can just pick up on and it's 
changing, you know, like the sort of guidance has changed. It's very different than when I was growing up, you know, now it's different, but I think the through line overall is exposure, 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 and just modeling, right? So if they just are exposed to it over and over and over again, and they see what like a healthy plate looks like, it's got a veggie, it's got some kind of proteiny thing. Sometimes the grain is the protein too. That's another thing that people are finally recognizing like, well, guess what? Quinoa is a protein, you know, broccoli has protein. It all has protein. So anyway, the point is, what if they see like what a healthy plate is that's going to be ingrained even if they don't gobble the whole thing up Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's what I tell myself (laughs) you know you like spend all these hours in the kitchen and you just you're like ta-da and they're like (laughs) yep that was my son this morning I spent all day yesterday prepping because we have a busy week I made a breakfast a lunch a dinner and snack for the next three days and I made a breakfast bake was so excited about it I got out heated up for him I sat down and he goes I don't want this you know, he's crying. Oh, I want cereal. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is so much better than cereal. Yeah. You know? My kids will so get like that with oatmeal. Yeah. I was like, like, I made you a full breakfast. Like there's pancakes and like, we're good. Like we're set. Like you're fine. Yeah. And they're like, I really just want oatmeal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But but my type A son, I have the menu written on the fridge. He can't read yet, but then I can just point to him and be like, well, today's Monday. Like he wants schedules. He wants calendars. Nice. I love it. Wow. I love him. It can be he's hard. So he's cute. very strong-willed because of that, you know, because then mm-hmm. anything that's out of routine can be a challenge. No, my son too. <laughs> I mean, he'll go up to the teachers and he'll tell them at school, um, it's 10.05 and that means it's choice time, you know? <laughs> you know, and at home too, he's very much like we tell him that he can watch, you know, start watching TV, you know, at a certain time and he will stand in front of the clock for the five minutes up to it doing nothing just waiting for the minute that he can go do his little tv time or whatever okay (laughs) what are you bringing to the virtual summit for our green team well i'm excited to talk about kind of more in detail what we've been touching on which is school and social situations um, but also want to delve into holidays because i know a lot of people even before they have vegan kids but they're like what about thanksgiving or what about this or that and and then when they have kids they have all these wonderful memories of this or that holiday being this or that way. And there are so many creative ways to get around it and to create your, your own family traditions, you know, around those holidays. So I want to, I want to really delve into that, get, go deeper into um, social stuff, uh, self-esteem stuff, a little bit of psychology and things like that. That's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, I'm looking forward. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. We haven't talked about holidays or anything yet. So Mm -hmm. when you said that, I was like, oh, that's yeah, yeah we haven't really awesome. navigated holidays yet mm-hmm. on our, our podcast and stuff, but we are, we feel so honored that you agreed to be a part of us and to bring your expertise and your years of navigating the vegan world to us. Thank you so much. We're really looking forward to sharing your joy <laughs> as a mm-hmm. mother and your tried and true tips. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Such an honor to be in community with you. Green living and green parenting. Parenting is the way to go. I mean, I just can't feel strong.
strongly enough about it, especially how our children are going to look back at us and they're going to say, mom, what did you do? What did we do? You know, when things really go awry with climate change, hopefully yeah, they won't, but exactly. that's a trajectory. And, you know, we want to raise kids that know that they're part of the solution and can feel really, really proud about being part of the solution their whole lives. Yeah, that's really what our entire mission is, is mm -hmm. just bringing that education awareness to people and provide very easy, simple, attainable ways of doing it. Because yeah. I think people think it's way bigger and harder than it has yeah. to be. So yeah, exactly. empowerment is, is, mm -hmm. is key. Yeah. Is hard. It can be daunting, but it doesn't have to be, especially if you approach things with curiosity and just a sense of humor, right? Because we're all muddling through this and we're all a mess and um, we're all doing our best. And I like to believe as I'm sure you do in progress, not perfection. And anything that pushes the peanut forward is to be applauded. Thanks for listening to the show. We would love for you to follow us, leave a review, and share this podcast with your friends. Your support will help our nonprofit be able to do more good in the world. See you next time.